Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sky Lounge Podcast, episode number 359, June's Jubilee Jammed Jack Sports and Retrospect, as we are in the final day of June, and really, the final part of 30 for 30 and 30, 2K21 edition, but hey, before we delve into some retrospective talk, we gotta talk about sports ball. And more specifically, boys and girls, I want to talk about some football. Nay, European football. Euros 2020. So what's been going on in the Euros? Well, the round of 16 is done and dusted. The quarterfinals are set. But let's talk a little bit about these round of 16 games, boys and girls, because they were very interesting. And if you have noticed, I am wearing my Germany fucking jacket right now and... We'll get to those assholes in a bit, but ah, first, before we grind up too much salt, boys and girls, I do have to talk about Wales versus Denmark. Denmark winning against Wales 4-0, and it, it just feels like the Welsh team got totally spanked. Now, in fairness to Wales, despite their just absolutely fucking buttfuck loss here, you have to really credit this national team for their come up, for this consistent, you know, I suppose high tier of competition relative to the years of just mediocrity, doormat level of performances. And yes, it does have a lot to do with their talent that they do have. But unfortunately, that talent didn't really equate to anything in this particular game against Denmark. And you know, something about Denmark this tournament, I got a really weird feeling that they might be there till the end. Now, I I don't want to jinx it for Denmark because they have a lot to play for. I mean, their boy Christian Eriksen kind of getting jobbed by the UEFA officiating. Like, oh, Christian Eriksen just had this horrendous fucking heart attack episode and a little cardiac arrest. And yeah, continue the game, guys and girls. Come on now. Well, there, there's no girls, but you know what the fuck I mean. And for Denmark, it really has to light a fire in their ass like... You're going to count us out? You're, you're really going to fucking push us like that? Okay, fuck you. And, man, who who the hell knows? Denmark could be that interesting dark horse, in my opinion, boys and girls. But, certainly, the not-so-darkish dark horse is Italy. I feel like they're the very heavy favorites right next to England. Spoiler alert, kids. Yes, England did beat Germany. But, Italy... Went ahead and took care of business, although very late, against Austria. 2-1 in extra time. And, you know, it has that feeling of Italy should be that heavy favorite. They should be decimated. But fair credit to Austria for putting out that performance. Going one all in regulation and then, you know, forcing extra time. And for Italy, it's kind of a wake-up call. Like, hey, you, you can't be so complacent and submissive. You got to fucking stay aggressive and go at it. Where's that Italy in the group stages where they're just scoring willy-nilly? You got to bring that out. And I think that's where Italy will find success. But certainly a team that will not find success. And this brings me just immense joy talking about. It's the Netherlands failing against the Czech Republic. Now... Amazing work by the Czech Republic. And I think this is one of those teams that gets really under the radar. No one really talks about him enough because you got those heavy hitters. But something about the Czech Republic feels very special to me. 
And the Netherlands, I mean, you got to be shaking your head. Like, what the fuck is going on? And they fired the head coach. Was it De Boer, right? And I'm not surprised because the Netherlands, despite their talent, despite, I'm pretty sure, the money and funds invested into that shit, you're not getting and garnering any sort of results. This is a historic national team that has had so much great moments throughout its history. But, yeah. These competitions just tend to elude them a lot. And, again, I feel no sympathy here. I, I, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Piss off, Netherlands. You can lose, and that's fine. I'm happy with that. Yeah! <laughs> but that's on par for the course, boys and girls. I mean, you got teams that you don't like losing, and then you got a bunch of the fucking teams you like just taking a shit and crashing out. Yeah, I gotta talk about fucking Portugal. My boy CR7. He's out. Yes. Defending Euro champions Portugal. He's gotten knocked out by Belgium. 1-0. Ah, truly a bitter end. I wanted CR7 to do, you know, the nasty once again. Maybe get to a final. Maybe win another European championship. But... Yeah, I mean, at least you have one, right? So, there's that, but, yeah. Kind of a bummer. I I wanted Portugal to win really badly, but Belgium takes the cake, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Belgium is just mediocrity incarnate, as always. I mean, yes, you have the talent. Yes, you have the, you know, the capacity to do damage to other good teams, but mark my words, because Belgium isn't going to win shit. They're not. They just, they don't. They don't win shit. Salt? Yeah, probably. But it's Belgium. Look at their history. It's abysmal. But what's more abysmal is the way the next match between the Croatian national squad and the Spanish national squad went. And Croatia, Spain goes into extra time, ends 5-3. to three. Spain nearly blew it. They blew a fucking 3-1 goal cushion, forced extra time by Croatia, who, yes, had all that momentum going for them, but got extinguished out in extra time. Kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Croatians, hey, listen, man. I mean, you are finalists in the World Cup. It kind of sucks your road ends here, but you fought valiantly. I know that doesn't mean much, but against a Spanish team that has been on the come up over the last few years... I see it as a good, good sign uh, for things to come for Croatia. Uh, Yet I can't say this about the next team who, yes, they are World Cup winners in 2018, but you wouldn't fucking know it by watching the highlights or any part of this match or even listening in on radio. France versus Switzerland ended three all in regulation and in penalties, Switzerland won. Now, France absolutely choked there is no other way to say this france had all the fucking advantage you are up 3-1 with nine minutes left in regulation and what happened what happened you fucked up you just you just forgot how to play football Oh, and Hugo Lloris. let's not fucking talk oh my god let's not forget about Hugo Lloris, one of the most overrated goalies in football right now, old AARP fuck. I don't know what the fuck you call that shit in Europe. You know, retirement fund, whatever the fuck. 
Hugo Lloris is awful. He's absolutely awful. And people prop him up because, oh, well, oh, he won the World Cup. He barely won that shit. Hugo Lloris almost blew that match against Croatia. Watch that final again, boys and girls. I can't lie to you about that shit. But, oh my God, as bad as Hugo Lloris was, when you go into penalty, right? When you go into penalties, you got Hugo Lloris conceding all these fucking goals, all these gimmies, and you have Kylian Mbappe, arguably one of the best strikers in the world, right now, one of the best fours in the world right now, misses a fucking penalty. How the... Mbappe, Killian, baby, I love you, but what the fuck was that? What the actual fuck was that? I mean, just an all-around horrendous fucking performance for France. Now, while I'm shitting on France, let's not forget the bright stars... That should be highlighted. The Switzerland national team. Shout out to my boy Granit Xhaka. I don't know if you're going to stay with Arsenal. But hey man. Granit Xhaka getting the fucking win. Alright. In Switzerland. You play beautifully. There's nothing else to say. You fucking hung on. The passion was there. The fucking. The oomph factor. the, the, The desire. Everything you want from a football team that's down 3-1 with nine minutes left in regulation. They tie it. They go into extra time. They keep steady. Hold on. Fucking keep France at bay and destroy them in penalties. Now, you didn't really destroy them. And Sommer, yeah, you, you could want a little more from him. But boy, oh boy, Switzerland's looking real fine right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if... Uh, Get an interesting result in the next round there for Switzerland. But we'll have to see, boys and girls. But certainly what we were waiting to see uh, in one crucial matchup between Sweden and uh, the Ukraine was who was going to fucking score first to kill this game. And man, this match was just down to the wire. Sweden with the red card there. But... In the 121st minute, Ukraine scores a goal, and they're off to the quarterfinals. And I say this as a massive upset for Sweden. A team that honestly, honestly, should be in the quarterfinals, maybe the semifinals. But you couldn't get it done. And massive shout out to Ukraine. I know their youth prospects and and their academy has been working up i mean as a south korean fan i know exactly what the fuck he did to us as an under under 19 world cup that that was fucking heartbreaking i still remember that shit but you you can tell ukraine was gonna have a bright future and here it is i mean maybe they capitalize here but when you talk about capitalize, you can't fucking say this goddamn team's name. Yes, the German national team. <laughs> you worthless sacks of shit. Why is Yoki Blas so funny? Why is he a head coach? Why is he a manager of this fucking squad? You lost to England. Germany, I I just need you to understand this shit real quick. You lost to fucking England! 
the Lakers losing to the Clippers in a fucking playoff series. You you don't do that. But here you are. Here you are. Losing to England in the most embarrassing fucking way possible. Raheem Sterling getting a very late goal, 70 plus minutes in. I thought, wow, wow. Raheem Sterling, as much as I can hate him, as much as I can fucking shit and fucking lambast the English fucking squad, Sterling was damn near unplayable. He was damn near unplayable this entire match. And Germany couldn't handle him. They couldn't contain him. The only one they can barely contain, Harry Kane. But that didn't mean shit after the Sterling goal. Sterling fucking took your goddamn lunch money. And honestly, I look at that goal, and as much as Manuel Neuer was a big factor in the first half, being nil-nil, Neuer could have had that fucking goal. He could have had that goddamn save. Now, am I going to say Ter Stegen or, or Leno would have done better? No, I'm not saying that shit at all. I'm not. I, I can't say that in good conscience. I can't. But, oh, that defense is just absolutely horrendous. Like, you're really going to trot out Rudiger, Hummels, and another jackass? Yeah, I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to fucking bother. Because you motherfuckers, you don't deserve any fucking mention. Because after you go down 1-0, after you go down 1-0, Thomas Mueller has a perfect fucking chance. This motherfucker has a perfect chance. Breakaway, coming away from three fucking players, just Crow, crow fucking style, vulture fucking trying to pry his dead body shit. Thomas Mueller had an open goal versus Jordan Pickford. He had an open goal. And what the fuck does he do? He shoots wide by barely a yard. And what's worse? What's worse? Harry Kane. Harry Kane with less than seven minutes to go in the match takes an adder and scores. Yeah, you could say home field advantage. Oh, they're playing in England. Shut the fuck up! That doesn't mean shit! You didn't take care of your fucking advantages. You blew opportunities and you were so ineffective and inefficient. And Joachim Lowe, how are you a head coach? How are you a fucking manager when you can't manage a fucking team to save your fucking life? You bring in Nabry so late in the game. Leroy Sané isn't even a thought. Really? Really now? Timo Werner should not be a fucking striker anywhere. Anywhere. Kai Havertz had some decent moments. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Gretzka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Tony Cruz. Yeah, only available in the first half. Yeah, kind of typical story, right? You fucking assholes. You fucking assholes. This German squad pisses me the fuck off. I've been a fan of this squad for seven fucking years. And it's just been a downward trajectory ever since the World Cup. It really has been. That 2014 World Cup, fantastic. One of the best fucking things I've ever watched. One of the main reasons why I fucking fell head over heels for football. The way the Germans played. It was so great. And then I remember 2018, 
where they lost to South Korea. I'm South Korean, and I was pissed that you lost to South Korea. You fucking pissants. You can't take your business against Mexico nor Sweden. You deserve nothing. You deserve absolutely fucking nothing. And laying all my fucking hatred and vitriol aside, kudos to you, England. Kudos to you. You guys did great. I'm not going to fucking sell you short. You beat the shit out of Germany. Yes, you are favorites by, what, 155 to 260, right? Like, plus 155, plus 260. But, yeah, England did great. England did great. And shout out to my boy, Bukayo Saka. But... Germany why why do you why do you why do you do this why do you why do you have the tendency to just implode all over yourself and the answer is simple y'all keep low you suck get out but no no he's not the one getting out it's the German national squad fucking sucks but I can scream and yell all I want but the quarterfinals will resume, boys and girls. And that will be starting on Friday. And the matchups are going to be very interesting. you got Switzerland versus Spain. I think that's going to be a very tricky match for Spain. Uh, probably going to be the heavy favorites there. But watch out for Switzerland, man. They have the tenacity. They have the grit to get the win. And don't be surprised if this goes into extra time and some magical shit happens for Switzerland. I Again, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. And then you have Belgium versus Italy. Two heavy-hitting teams. And... I'm going to give a slight edge to Italy here. I, I think you're going to probably get like a 2-1 match here. You know, Belgium probably takes an early lead, but Italy roars back. And you you finish the narrative of, oh, Belgium always chokes. And I, I hope that does kind of happen. I, mean, I, don't, I don't care for Belgium. But we move on into the Czech Republic, taking on Denmark. And I think this is going to be the very under-the-radar match. No one's really going to uh, give too much shits about it mainly because uh, England, Spain, Italy but you should have a really good one here between the Czech Republic and Denmark and ugh, this this feels like a very close nil-nil match with the late minute winner in extra time and you know I think I'm gonna go with Denmark here uh, I get a weird feeling about this Denmark team and just the momentum that they have all the passion behind the camaraderie with the with the team right now i mean i think that's very strong a 4-0 win against wales i mean that could really boost their confidence up but next you have the ukraine taking on england yeah i do think england's gonna win but watch out ukraine is no pushover i think they're gonna give a really tough battle for england but i think england pulls away very late again and you see it in that match against Germany where England does start off a little bit slow, but once they get into the rhythm, about 40 or so minutes later, they get their shit in. And, you know, as much as I can shit on Gareth Southgate, hey, who the hell knows? Maybe he'll lead the boys over to uh, some form of glory. And I'm a shout out to my boy Nick, who keeps telling me it's coming home. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really have anything else to say right now about that because I'm just, I'm just so irritated. Germany I still I still am I'm very disappointed and that's even worse than being mad I'm just fucking disappointed in Germany but that's the way football works boys and girls and across the pond in South America we do have Copa America going on right now and yes boys and girls the quarterfinals are set and that will also begin 
on Friday. And we have some interesting matchups. Para, uh, Paraguay versus Peru. Eh. I, and I'll be honest, I haven't really been paying attention to Copa America because we all fucking know it's going to be Argentina versus Brazil in the final, probably. Because Brazil is probably going to take care of Chile. And you got Uruguay versus Colombia, who I am very much rooting for Colombia here. That is the South American team that I actively root for. But yeah, then you got Argentina, Ecuador. <sighs> and this is the problem that lies with uh, Copa America. It's just such a small pool of competition. And relative to the Euros, it doesn't have that oomph factor, right? But eh, it's still football. So I will be in tune with that. I, I'm still fucked up about Germany. You know, I, I should take this goddamn thing off, but I have nothing underneath right now. So keeping this on despite the sweaty pores and one man who will have the sweaty pores going into his new job is Nuno Espirito Santo, who is hired as the new Tottenham manager with a two-year contract. Good luck, my son. Uh, you know, with Nuno, the thing is, with his history in the Wolves and how he made that team come up, you can tell that, you know, Tottenham is maybe looking for that consistency, maybe looking into getting a guy who can really push them to that top four edge. And, you know, I think I think Espirito can definitely do that. I hope he doesn't. As an Arsenal fan, fuck off. But... Yeah, definitely a good presence probably for that locker room that has known nothing but inconsistency and just shambles and dysfunction. So, yeah. I won't say best of luck, but fuck off. For real. Assault is real. I mean, you, you had me talk about Germany. I could go on all fucking day. I can. And same thing when you talk about my Vegas Golden Knights, of course. I mean, the salt is real, but I got to give... A massive shout out when it's due. So, Vegas Golden Knights own Mark Andre Fleury wins his first ever Vezina Trophy, and you know it's such a well-deserved award for him. And despite the fact that yes, Fleury wins a Vezina, we have to still recognize that it is a, a Greg Jennings duo uh, goalie tandem that we have in Las Vegas, and we are truly spoiled, boys and girls. You have Robin Lehner. And Mark Andre Fleury, who really like each other, and they that that chemistry is going to speak volumes if it means more wins. But you know, most Vegas fans are gonna you know shit on Robin Lehner. Oh, he lost his game six. Shut the fuck up. Shut your fucking mouths. Robin and Mark Andre should be our goalie tandem for the next two three years. Honestly, honestly, they should. And hopefully, within that time, we can win something. But yeah, I don't hold high hopes onto that anymore. I just I just don't. The pessimism is real, boys and girls. It really is. I mean, with Vegas, it just... They write their own failures, and that, that's what really irritates me. But, hey, this is one of those nice little things that, hey, look at that individual award. It highlights the team's strength despite the relative mediocrity in the playoffs. But, hey, congratulations to Marc-Andre for you. Well done. And, you know, I, I'm not reading off too many of these individual awards. Obviously, Kroll Kapizov wins the Calder to surprise of nobody. Adam Fox winning the Norris. I mean, phenomenal season from the Rangers D-man himself. And really, the, the, real, the real shocker here is not the fact that Connor McDavid wins another Hart Trophy. It's the fact that Connor McDavid 
is the only player right next to a certain Wayne Gretzky in the 97 years of this shit where he has won unanimous votes for the Hart Trophy. That is absolutely insane. Yet, when you look at the Edmonton Oilers, you see the fucking train wreck that you, you get to witness every season. It's like... What are you doing wrong? Like, what are you doing wrong? You have a guy who's just in the same fucking plane of existence right now as Wayne fucking Gretzky and you can't do shit. It's it's mind-boggling. But that's kind of the Oilers at this point. I mean, you got Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, you just signed up Nugent Hopkins to that eight-year contract, $40 million. But... I mean, are you really going to try to do anything? I mean, Canada's best teams in the final right now. Although they're getting their asses spanked. But I feel like it's still a bit away for Edmonton to just reach that peak, despite having Connor McDavid. And, you know, we've seen a lot of the league's greats go through this heartbreak, go through this, you know, turmoil in their early parts of the career. I mean, Alexander Ovechkin, perfect example. But... Yeah, we'll really have to see what happens with the Oilers. I mean, what do they do with this information? Will you make sure that you supplement your fucking team with uh, deep enough fucking, you know, depth and roster roster shake? I don't know. I have no idea. But I did mention Canada's best team in the Stanley Cup final right now, yet they are just getting absolutely just manhandled uh, by the Tampa Bay Lightning. And again, another matchup where... (sighs) The Canadians were only down one and two heading into the third period. But the Tampa Bay Lightning just put it on. They win game two, three to one. They are up in the series, two nothing. And wow, Vasilevsky was just unbelievable. He was absolutely unbelievable. 42 saves on 43 shots, if I'm not mistaken, a 977 save percentage. And my imagination is this. Vasilevsky saw Marc-Andre Fleury winning the Vezina, and he took it personal. (laughs) There's no other way to explain that shit, because this game from Vasilevsky was sensational. Now, I've been saying carry price for Conn Smythe, of course, but if the inevitable, the seemingly inevitable happens where Tampa Bay wins, I don't know who you pick from, Braden Point or Vasilevsky. I mean, you've only allowed two goals in two games at this point. And, God, if he gets a shutout in any of these games and just spikes that number up, he's he's definitely getting that con smite there. And it sucks. I don't want to fucking see Tampa winning. I really don't, man. I really fucking don't. But, yeah, that's what you get. $100 million team. $18 million over the cap. Yeah, that's none of my business, I suppose. Just bums me out. Yeah. Vegas couldn't handle their business. They got shut the fuck out. And not literally shut out, but, you know, denied a chance to get back to the final. But here's Montreal getting absolutely cream-pied right now. And hopefully, uh, for the sake of my betting, <laughs> betting slips, Montreal can come back and win. Eh? In seven? Eh? Six? Eh? Because four-one's dead. Four-one's dead. So there's no fucking hope, uh, point to hope for that now. But hey, you're going back to Montreal, and maybe some good shit might happen in Montreal. But 
Never be too optimistic, kids, unless you're talking about the Clippers and you're rooting against the Clippers. And oh my God. The Clippers are out! Yes! Oh, you went to the Western Conference Final for the first time in your history. <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> you won two games. Oh, that's adorable. Okay, well, now you're out. What the hell are you going to do with Kawhi? Bitch. Yeah, have fun with Pandemic P as your fucking franchise player. That's that's going to be great. <laughs> Hey, and kudos to the Phoenix Suns, man. You're going back to the NBA Finals for the first time in years. Years. And who knows? Maybe it's your year. Maybe you get your fucking shot. Because the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks series is just absolutely bonkers right now. Game three, Trey Young gets injured. Game four, Giannis gets injured. Oh, what's the fucking matchup going to be now? John Collins versus Chris Middleton. Woohoo! What? What? <laughs> A lot of 2A, 2B players and a bunch of fucking role players going against each other. Oh, great. What a fucking Eastern Conference final we're going to get. But, yeah, I, I just get this weird feeling that Phoenix might just take it all this season. I don't know. But the NBA is very interesting right now, boys and girls. Playoff basketball always interesting. Well, it's also interesting. Is the fact that we are in the final day of June. Yes. The 30 for 30. 30 for 30 and 30. is finally done. 30 pages of this shit. Now, not a lot of them are completely filled up with, with writing or any quality content, <laughs> to be really fair. But this month has been very interesting. A lot of growth and a lot of, you know, insight into this podcast and Really, I think for the time being, I, I definitely want to do this every Tuesday. And man, those outside episodes where I'm just walking outside and just recording, I might definitely do a couple of those in the near future. But weekly, I'm probably just going to post up sports ball, you know, we'll see what's going on in the world, all that shit. Not really, I'm mostly plucked out of all the bullshit. But. Should be interesting moving forward, boys and girls. But thanks for tuning in for the 30 for 30 and 30. And I am going to take a few day break from the podcast. Because 30 straight days of this shit has been pretty exhausting. But hey, we'll be back next Tuesday. Maybe a bit earlier than that. Maybe July 4th. Some shit might happen. I don't know me. But tune in for that. So, Till next time, kids. Fuck off.